This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Hi, this is Judith Bryles, and we're, we have a fabulous show all designed about a little bit of social media, a little bit about developing your brand, a little bit about um, who you are, a little bit about how to market, a little bit about how to create your core message, just a variety of mm. things that will make your life so much better, so much easier in the whole uh, game of things. And so uh, there's just a variety of things that you can look out to really market, to really design, to really skill, and really make a difference of who you are and what you are. And what we're going to do is we're going to start with it. Usually we have a sponsor at the bottom of the hour. And before we get a chance to bring Amber on, we'll go ahead and we'll try and uh, uh, bring in our sponsor first. And then we'll get Amber on so we can really do this and make a difference. And what we're going to do is look at illustrations because one of the things that you have in this branding, especially if you're doing children's books, especially if you have any visuals um, uh, that will make it work, is that you want to make sure that you have certainly the right illustration, that makes sure it's the right fit, it carries your message and everything else with it. And with me is uh, Nick Zellinger, who is one of my favorite designers, to really talk about this and bring it together. So with that, let's bring Nick on. Nick, let's talk about illustration, what works, what doesn't work, and everything else with that. Hi, Judith. Well, I think uh, first and foremost, you know, um, uh, and this comes from experience with working uh, with a bunch of authors that have hired, hired illustrators and have wound up being uh, had very bad relationships or outcomes. So the first most important thing is to establish some ground rules about what you want as an author and what you're asking for your illustrator to do. Uh, you need to give your illustrator, uh, obviously, some creative leeway, but you also don't want to micromanage everything he or she does, but you need to be, you have to oversee it. You have to sort of be the, the art director or the movie director of your project here by giving them some guidelines so that they can be creative in that framework. So, uh, and, you know, Right off the bat, you need to establish some sort of legal contract with them, um, whether it's a work for hire to where you own the uh, own the rights so you can do more than uh, just the book with, with the illustrations if you want to do some other branding or some other marketing or some other products, for instance, like handbags or whatever if you're doing a children's book. So you need to get that out of the way with some sort of contract that pretty much stipulates the you know the A, Bs, and Cs of what your work, working relationship is going to be. Uh, 
And then, of course, the more obvious thing is uh, uh, vetting the, uh, the illustrator. Is their style uh, compatible with your vision of the book? Not all illustrators can work in all styles. Some are very good at, uh, you know, realistic uh, illustrations, whether it's colored pencil ink or watercolor or other ones uh, have styles that are very conducive to, like, say, cartoons or something loose. So not all illustrators can do everything, so you need to find the right one for the right fit for what you want for your book. Well, so Nick, what happens if you think you had the right fit, but it turns out to be the wrong fit? <clears throat> That's happening. <laughs> it's probably happened more often than not, uh, because a, a, a writer, an author will either know of an, of an illustrator and they've seen their work and admired it, whether it's online or through another uh, recommendation, and they say, well, that's just the perfect, that's what I want for my book. But as it goes down the line, you may find out that, gee, the vision isn't quite there, whether the artist started off one way and then went off into a tangent that didn't quite fit the book. As, there's, as you know, and I, I know, we've worked with several authors that have had this dilemma uh, where uh, it started off, looking pretty good, but then it just kind of went off to a side road. And a lot of that is, you know, I mean, you do have to oversee this project with designers and illustrators. And uh, when, it, when it goes south at some point where you realize that, gee, the illustrations aren't working, uh, that's where those, those initial guidelines and kind of framework come into place. Uh, because you really, before even the pen hits the paper with an illustrator, I think, you need to sit down and actually frame out the project all together. And, and you and I have talked about this before about creating a storyboard. And this goes, uh, this also goes in not just with the children's books, but any book that has illustrations. But work up a storyboard just like you would for a movie or a TV show or something to where every frame is every, every page is a, is a frame and you're visualizing that scene. Uh, and so you have so the artist has some sort of guideline to what how they're going to approach the project because uh, if if left to their own devices, most design I mean most illustrators obviously are very creative. It's a it's an incredible field to be in, but you can't uh, you have a, you know it's not a guarantee that they're going to you know do exactly what you want and you you may not want that either. You may they may you know go off in a direction that is uh, you know very uh, exciting, but. More often than not, it comes to the point where, you know, something has gone a little haywire and you need to get them back on track. So um, there may be a time when, when an author says, you know, this is not uh, going to work at all, and you may have to bite the bullet and pay whatever fee there was and go and try to find someone else or try to find someone who could possibly rescue existing files. That gets a little tricky with illustrators if it's not a work-for-hire situation. And which is always scary. And, and and before we sign up, Nick, because we have Amber with us now, before we, we sign off, though, would you explain what the difference is between a work-for-hire as, as, as well as some of the other arrangements that happen? Because I think a lot of authors really think from the get-go everything's theirs, and That's it may really not true. be. That's uh, true. Generally, I mean, in the, the, in the rule of thumb is that the uh, artist owns the rights to all their creative work. I mean, that's sort of the ground rules for... Uh, no contract, for instance, but you can have a you can set up a work for hire to where uh, you get an unconditional re- release from the artist that you can use the illustrations for other things. 
beyond just the book, whether it's a, a TV show or whether it's cartoons or whether it's, like I say, handbags or products or pillows or stuffed toys. So you can establish that. Uh, there are some contracts where the, uh, the artist is paying, getting paid to uh, create the work, but they own all the rights to it. In other words, you only have the rights to, the, to that particular project if it's a uh, print version of the book, for instance, or an e-book version. So it's, uh, the work for hire is basically you pay money and you own, you own the rights to it. And, and, and then uh, a lot of times, yeah, I think we need to add on that sometimes um, you have a choice. And if you own all the rights, which would be my preferred way to have it all, but sometimes they will add on additional fees to that because they then can no longer resell that to other people to use, which is always a shock, I think, for a lot of people to realize that That's if true. you don't have the rights, it can be on somebody else's book. That's really true. So uh, you you have to really, um, you know, oversee that pretty much and, and kind of figure that, you know, the price will go up if it's for work for hire. Any smart illustrator will have to make some adjustments because they know that it's just a, pretty much a one-time fee and they'll never see that art again and uh you know the artist i mean the author is getting to use it uh, as many times as they want but the artist isn't so but that that is would be the preferred way if i was an author working with an illustrator i would like to own everything i had because uh, then you've got a lot of leeway in terms of uh, marketing products and branding well and so that's the 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 best thing an author can do is Ask the question. <laughs> ask a lot of questions up front. Don't be afraid to ask any questions, and don't be afraid to have multiple sit-downs and powwows before any artwork even starts. It's best to get all that stuff ironed out at the beginning and save a lot of grief, a lot of money, and a lot of uh, missed deadlines. Yeah, exactly. All right, Nick Zellinger, nzgraphics.com, one of our sponsors, and who has done multiple, multiple award-winning books, both for interiors and Exteriors. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you, Judith. Take care. All right. All right. Here we go. Amber, you're with us. One of my favorite people in the whole world. Amber Ludwig is a website, a website developer um, with specialties working with authors. And she gets involved with book launches. And so we're going to talk about, as I said in the opening, from marketing strategies, branding strategies, making sure that your website says, who it is and what it is you are and you and your book so that as you reach out in the social media game plan that not only will your followers find you they're going to when they find you that you're going to have what they expected to find how's that sum it up amber really well Judith. <laughs> there you go all right so and, amber heads and thank up for having me you're welcome. Amber heads up insightfuldevelopment.com, so I would encourage all our listeners to check that out. And Amber, we just have a, a, a couple of minutes to our first break, and then the rest of the hour is yours. But let's let's hit on something that um, I, I think that it's a common question you and I hit on is, what if you've got a stack of books in your garage and you have no idea? You know, you didn't know you were going to buy that many, but you know now you don't know how to sell them. So what kind of things... Should they start thinking about to make sure, and I guess they need to have the website so people know where to come besides other places, but you might want to add on to that. Well, I do think it's important to be thinking about online sales and offline sales, but also always having a focus on bulk orders. I think that sometimes when authors get started, they're looking for anybody to buy their book, but I always try to invite authors to think about the bigger picture. How can you get somebody to buy 10 or 20 books in one order? 
And in terms of the online part, which is really my expertise, um, definitely it all starts with a website. Um, you have to have a place like a hub where readers can go and learn about you and your background and why you started this book. What's the what's the message behind it? What's your passion? And that's all needing to happen before somebody makes the commitment to buy the book. Um, but I would say, you know, having a solid website, and then from that you have, like, these extensions. You have touch points, such as social media. All right, um, so building- with that, Amber, let's bring back, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to okay. touch points, and we'll get into that, how they tie in with the website. I'm Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing, and my guest for the hour is Amber Ludwig. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being good with If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at Author U and on Facebook at Author U, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. sell stuff? Do you want to sell books? Lots of them? If yes, you must take credit cards, the most widely used form of payment today. The Free Terminal has created a special program for your guide to book publishing listeners. No contract, all equipment is free. Extremely low rates and no termination fees ever. Contact Alan Dean at Alan at thefreeterminal.com or call him at 303-668-6828. The Free Terminal has handled all credit card transactions for both Author You and Judith for over a year. Don't wait another day. Contact Alan at thefreeterminal.com or call 303-668-6828 and tell him you want the no-contract Author You deal. picture tells a story and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover nick selinger and nz graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors independent and traditional publishers for years he has developed a reputation for excellent work fast turnarounds and best of all affordable pricing nz graphics also produces ebooks and 
book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Right, we're back with Amber Ludwig, who is an expert in creating author websites and working with them on their book launches. And her website is insightfuldevelopment.com. And we were just just kissing on, just touching on touch points. So I wanted her to explain what a touch point on a website is and then what are some of the ones that we should be specifically looking at. So Amber, explain. Touch points, the good, bad, and ugly. Well, I usually just call it a touch point, but it's really your point of contact online. So your website would be a touch point. It's a way for people to connect with you. Another touch point would be social media, for example, and all of those networks, whether it's Pinterest or Facebook or Twitter. So basically, I look at a touch point as any way that you can communicate with people online, and your website is probably your most important and, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I don't know how this actually happened, but I you started hearing the buzz from some saying, oh, websites are blah, passe, you don't need them. And I keep thinking that websites are so much more than a so-called calling card. I mean, they can be your business, but what am I missing here? Why did people go down that path thinking they weren't important? <laughs> I frankly don't know. I think it's always been important, um, maybe because it was people that were not getting results on their website. Um, but, yeah, your website is not just a business card. It is it is you online. It's your presence, your energy. It is your message. It is your personality. And, you know, one thing that new clients get kind of nervous about is they want to model what other people are doing. And the reality is is that you are unique. You have a unique message and a unique book. So your your website really needs to reflect that and showcase how you are different and then people will naturally get attracted to you, then want to join your email list and buy your book and buy supporting products and communicate with you. And all of that happens through the course of your website. So it's, it's critical. It's critical. 
So it's it's a it's a communicating portal. I think maybe that when Facebook took off a few years ago, that might have done some of the dilution. I'm just kind of projecting here um, mm-hmm. that they thought that was the only way that they needed to interact with people. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I guess they don't realize that hey, you can put your Facebook stream on your website. <laughs> you can absolutely do that, but you also communicate with people through blogging. The people can be making comments, and you can reply back to those comments. Or when people join your email or newsletter list, and you should be emailing those people regularly to keep the communication going. Uh, You know, a big misconception is that you throw up a website and now you're done. Now the world is going to come find you. That's not at all what happens. You have to have a plan and a strategy to go out and find people and engage with them and communicate with them. And once you do that, you will build a very loyal following and readership that will then buy your book and tell the world about it. Which is what they want, which is exactly mm-hmm. what they want. Well, one of the things that you mentioned is that um, that how, in, in creating these sales, and you, and you use the word bulk sales. Of course, when I think of bulk sales, I'm thinking of 100 books at a crack. But well. 10, and, and ten, yeah, 10 and 20 books and, and selling 10 and 20 books. So what kind of action strategies do you, do you see to entice it? What would be, what would be some of the um, uh, tricks of the trade, let's just say, that you might be able to do with the website to to say now is it available but maybe leading the visitor up to make that happen you know i i think of a book called the pumpkin plan by mike michalowicz and i don't know if you've heard of that book judith but mike did something very interesting when he launched that book he created this huge online campaign asking people to buy 10 books you know, one order, 10 bucks, and if you did that, you would be invited to an exclusive private teleseminar with Mike and his editor at Penguin and um, his ghostwriter. And it was a two-hour teleseminar that told you all about their book proposal, how they got accepted, how they got this huge advance on their next book, over six figures. Um, you know, and I thought that that was a very interesting strategy. So when it comes to wanting bulk orders, whether it's 10 or 100, you just have to kind of think outside of the box that what would my readers really want the most from me? Now, in Mike's case, the, what people would want the most from him is how to build this big business and sell lots of books. So it was the perfect incentive for people to buy bulk copies. And I can tell you that as a result of that campaign alone, he sold tons of books, became a number one best-selling author, just in pre-orders. So it's just a matter of brainstorming with, you know, a coach or with your editor or publisher and seeing how you can have those same types of results online. So with Mike's campaign, then, let me get this right. He told people that if they bought a minimum of 10 books, then Mm -hmm. they would get a special invite. I guess they'd have to go over and was this an Amazon transaction? It was. Okay, so then they would have to go over and prove that they had bought 10 books. And yep. then then they would get this special invite to kind of behind the scenes of how we did it. And, and here's mm-hmm. our here's some of the key players. And, and you too, dear book buyer, can do it too. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so then he was able to lead it up that way. And, of course, you know, they make great gifts to give to other people. And how much was his book selling for? I don't remember. It was early. It was early last year that this happened. 
Okay. But I'm All assuming right. it was in the 17 to $25 range, you know. It was a book about building your business, you know. It was it's a fantastic book. It really is. So people had to spend anywhere from who knows if Amazon was discounting it yet, but mm-hmm. a couple a couple hundred dollars for this insider webinar or teleseminar. Okay. Well, and now I, mean, I can go back and do all sorts of other different types of campaigns as he as he you know builds his career and builds the readership, et cetera. But that's just one example. I mean, you just have to get creative and think outside of the box on how can I make the most out of my book. And I think he did that. Well, he did, and I mean, good for him. I hadn't thought of that doing it that way, but why not? Because especially for our listeners who have a book, a business book in particular, that mm-hmm. might be really conducive for a leadership team or a staff development or any of that, that mm-hmm. you could move people into that to pick up really a whole bunch of them, and then they get mm-hmm. a special, they get the special freebie with you. So I like that idea a lot. All right, so how do, when they are building, when you are creating a website, it's really part of your persona and brand. So what things should, I guess, I should ask, what should you avoid doing? Are are there any real taboos, any really taboos that you don't want to see on an author's website? Well, I think that the question when I when I first start working with an author, they they get confused on should I be branding myself, should I be branding my book, or some other company if they're you know also doing coaching or speaking or whatever. And you know there is no set in stone answer, unfortunately, Judith. It really comes down to the person's situation. Um, most of the time, I would say that if you are an author in terms of branding, it's got to be branded around you. And so a mistake is that it would be to not do that, (laughs) you know, especially Mm -hmm. if you want to have additional books coming down the pike. If you want to build a product empire around it, then chances are the brand is going to be you. If it is a company that you want to scale and possibly sell someday, then I guess in that case it might be best to brand the company. However, that's typically not the path for an author. An author typically wants to publish a book and then build their speaking career based around that book, or they want to start writing multiple books. And so really in that case, the brand always wants to be the author, and that includes even getting a URL you know, and branding the website and other materials. But um, you know, it's surprising how many authors don't, don't do that. Well, I, 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 I totally agree with that. And they'll say, but my name is taken. And so if there's names taken, and, and we have one minute to our break here, if, if, if a name is taken, what do they do? What do you suggest they do if you still think you they should have, have their to, name in it? You just have to get creative. Add a middle initial. You could say author Judith Bryles. And, yeah, that's not ideal, but it's better than not having your name. So it's just a matter of brainstorming and getting creative to find something that's close enough. And and the thing is, if you do author, I had a couple of authors that I've worked with that had to do that. If if they do have to do author Judith Bryles or author Susan Smith or fill in the blank, at least they can remember your listener, your your reach out can remember the word author, um, exactly. and and you don't have to worry too much about the spelling on that. It's it's hard. It's <laughs> although you can screw it up. I mean, it's important to understand that people. <laughs> Spill unusual. All right. So when we come back, here's one of the things that I, a question that always comes up, Amber, and I want to hit on this is 
Email is really important. You talked about collecting it. What systems do we use to do that? I'll be right back. This is Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Do you need postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? TuVets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice prompts. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 894-8977. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing question. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward.
Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so before we took the break, we talked about what happens if the author can't get their name. Well, they may have to put author in front of it, but it really does tie into the branding. We have a, a website creator expert also working closely for book launches um, for authors on and in a variety, a variety of different types of offers. But what I'm hearing, what Amber Ludwig from InsightfulDevelopment.com is really saying is personality, the author's personality and the book personality are really important that they come across. Is that correct? Definitely. You have to find a way to separate yourself from the thousands of other authors out there. Well, and and so the techniques are going to involve some separation will be good graphics. Is That would be one of them? Yes, absolutely. You know, with your website and your web presence, it's really hard to kind of go the cheapy route and get a pre-made theme because, again, you're going to look like everybody else. If you have the budget or can find somebody that can work with you on a payment plan or something like that, it's always better to get something that is a custom design. You know, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but just something that separates you from the crowd is going to be really important. And with that is, you know, really picking up your message. You know, if you are somebody from New York with a certain type of personality, then that should be reflected in your content, I think. Any way to separate yourself is going to be really important. And I'll tell you a name of somebody who I think does this fantastic job of this is Marie Forleo. So if you guys want to go out there and Google her, Marie Forleo does a fantastic job of setting herself apart from the crowd. And how do you spell Forleo? F as in Frank, O-R-L-E-O. All right, so Marie, M-A-R-I-E, I'm going to assume it's the old-fashioned Marie. It is. Uh, um, and you, you do it that way. I Actually, while we're online um, and doing this, I'm going to go and take a peek and see what she looks like so I can see what this Keller brand um, looks like. <laughs> she's we young, have it. she's beautiful, but the, the key is to watch her videos. Um, she's, she's very original, unique. Um, she really shows her personality well in, in her work, um, especially in her videos. So that's where you're going to get the best sense of it. And which is important on very. that. All right. And her colors are very different on that, and I can see it. And she has a pop-up right away. You deserve business and you love your life. So she's attractive. We're going to have a cup of tea, coffee with her. And you can see there's several videos, lots of videos on her home page on that. So, you know, Amber, talk about videos. How important are videos today? In the online world, it doesn't get much better than video because you have no other way to really connect with your readers or your followers on an emotional level like that. Um, it's, it's very different, you know, if you're going to go to a conference and see somebody live versus hear a teleseminar recording of just some audio with no face. I mean, it's, it's all about connection, especially for authors. It's critical for authors. You have to have a personal connection with your readers. And video does the best job of that. You cannot beat it. So you really have to get over your fears of video and, 
you know, that's something that I talk with my clients about as well, is how to overcome those fears, how to understand the technology, and realize that it's not about you, it's about them. It's about your readers. So doing it for them. And and so do you suggest, like I was looking at Marie's website, and she has all these videos posted right on her homepage. Do you suggest that they be posted on the homepage, or should you have a special tab or section for your website? <laughs> I would say it's different for everybody, unfortunately. So um, it's really a case-by-case basis. Typically what I'll advise authors is to have one introduction of video on the homepage so that it's, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, I just created this book, this is the topic, and I really want you guys to explore the website and, and read my blog, but the most immediate thing I want you to do is join my email list so that we can continue the conversation. Um, so just having a short, maybe one minute and thirty second video on your homepage is is really great. Um, in Marie's case, that's more of a video blog that she has. So her homepage, in that case, is her blog. Um, so again, it just depends on the website. But for authors, I'd say one video on the homepage should should do it. And then the rest can have its own home somewhere on the website, and they can exactly. find it. And and would maybe it make sense? Places. Well, would it make sense to have like a little call out or something on your website that 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 gears them to that, or um, are they going to be that clever to explore everything? I think people are used to exploring websites now, um, so you can have a video library, video gallery kind of a page. I have clients who will embed a video on different pages, so if they're offering coaching, they might have a page about their coaching or a video about their coaching services on that page, etc. So, I mean, you can get creative in where you place video as long as it is on your website, and then know, too, that... I always suggest that people upload their videos to YouTube or some other account, and that is a huge traffic generator, meaning that you're going to get exposure from all of the people on YouTube if you're uploading your videos there. Um, It's like its own really powerful search engine, just like Google. And so by having those videos on YouTube, you're bringing those people back to your website, and it's just this beautiful cycle. So one of the and then one of the strategies should be that every time you do load a um, you and I actually talked about this earlier today that every time you do put a new blog up make sure you tell all your social media channels it's there with the link so they can go see it and also that when you post a new YouTube video go ahead and and give the little bit topic and get it out to all your Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and everybody else. Yes, fantastic, Judith. Good job. <laughs> That's true. It's true. The, the reality is, is if you really think about the people you admire most online, it's usually the people who are always doing something. Oh, I just promoted, I just created this ebook. Oh, here's a new video. Here's a new blog post. And, and if you look at those people, you're sitting inside secretly thinking, God, I need to get my act together. I have got to get started. I've got to get moving. Those people motivate you. Well, there's a reason for that. There's a reason they're successful. It's because they're constantly producing and they're constantly sharing that with you. So really, they may not even be producing that much, but it's because they're always sharing with you what's new, what you can do next to get involved. That really is the key. Right. And and I could say for our listeners, you do want to go to the Book Shepherd YouTube station. Yes. And because we are posting every week 
little vignettes on whether it's about the cover, whether it's about inside the book, whether it's about editing tips, whether it's about doing research. There's a variety of tips that are going up um, that were made for your listening and viewing pleasure. So every week a new one's going up. And I would so, add to that since I have had the I've gone to your YouTube channel and I have seen them and I have not seen any other educator doing offering that kind of a value in that many videos. It's unbelievable training. So I will vouch for that. You have to go check them out. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Now, let me ask you about this because you brought up email and that there's a, you know, there's a lot of ways. How do we collect all these emails? How do we drive people to our website? What do we need to be there to collect them, you know, the inducement, enticement here? And and are there some services that might be a little bit better than other services? And, and are they free or is there a fee? How's that for a multi-STEM question? That is seven questions. Okay. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I think I can handle it. I think I can handle it. Okay, so you're going to get people to your website through a lot of different ways, um, through talking about what you're up to on social media, actually through blogging. The more every time that you write a blog post, you're getting more people coming back to your website because people are looking for solutions to their problems. So there's this big fear over blogging, um, but we can even talk about that a little bit later, Judith, if there's more time. Blogging is fantastic. It's a great way to get a bunch of people to your website. Now, once they're on your website, what do you do? Well, five years ago, everybody just had a little sign-up box that said, um, sign up to get my newsletter. Gone are the days that that is good enough because now everybody has a newsletter, and a lot of newsletters out there are really pretty bad. So people are not signing up for them as much anymore. Instead, it's really a good idea to think about what your readers would want the very, very most from you. Um, for me right now, people want to know the most about social media. So on my website, I have a 25-page ebook on social media. And so you need some sort of incentive, something that's going to be something your, your readers really want. And it's a thank you gift. It's, it's, it's an even exchange. You sign up for my email list, and I'm going to give you a gift full of valuable knowledge that you can use and into your business right now today. All right. And so what powers that box on your website is what I call an email management system. There's lots of them out there. You've heard of maybe Constant Contact, MailChimp, AWeber, iContact, um, all right, so with that, Amber, Amber, let's let's take it. We're going to take our final break, and oh, we'll okay. come back on Constant Contact, Eye Contact, MailChimp, AWeber, etc. This is Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. My guest is Amber Ludwig, and we've got questions to go with answers and more questions. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Do you sell stuff? Do you want to sell books? Lots of them? If yes, you must take credit cards, the most widely used form of payment today. 
The free terminal has created a special program for your guide to book publishing listeners. No contract. All equipment is free. Extremely low rates and no termination fees ever. Contact Alan Dean at Alan at thefreeterminal.com or call him at 303-668-6828. The Free Terminal has handled all credit card transactions for both Author You and Judith for over a year. Don't wait another day. Contact Alan at thefreeterminal.com or call 303-668-6828 and tell him you want the no-contract Author You deal. shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems, you want solutions. Dr. Judith Browles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303 303- 885-2207 that's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com by the way bryles is spelled b-r-i-l-e-s follow judith on twitter at my book shepherd and on facebook at the book shepherd At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author... Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Say with me on your guide to book publishing today is Amber Ludwig. And Amber is the founder 
um, and and principal in insightfuldevelopment.com. She specializes in websites specifically for authors and understands the whole process of creating successful book launches. And we were just talking about one of the key things is how do you set up email management and players should you be playing with and then i absolutely want her to talk about social media what's the number one if you had to pick one platform what's the number one one that you should go for i bet you she says well it depends it depends upon what kind of book you have. <laughs> all right so with that <laughs> because i would start with that but amber let's come back to email management what are we looking at here i, I love you Judith. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> Okay, email management systems. Why you would need one is so that you can automate the process of somebody wanting to join your email list and then email a whole bunch of people in a click. That's why you want a system like Constant Contact or Eye Contact. Some of them have free trials you can start off with. They're typically going to cost you about 10 or 15 or $20 a month. And, you know, they keep charging you a little bit more as you build your email list. That's normal. It's what we all have to to pay for. But it's really important. And in terms of which one to really trust and go with, you know, Constant Contact used to be my favorite a few years ago until they sort of came, they just fell behind the times. They're not keeping up with the, the technology. My email management system of of choice right now, I would say, is either iContact or MailChimp. There's subtle differences between each of these systems, so it's really best to talk to somebody who's worked with all of them to really sit down and explain the options to you, and then you can go with the one that's going to work really well for you. But right now, the last thing I'll say is that the technology has improved so much that I don't want you guys to be fearful about going down this road because these companies have really worked hard to make these systems really simple, basic, user-friendly. And it, it's just time to jump off you know, and get started with one of these if you haven't already. One what, what of the bugaboos I know a lot of people are very fearful of, and I'm actually thinking of constant contact, and I'm sure that they are not alone in this deal, but that if you get too many bounces, that they, they will come and slap your hands. Um, and I've, I've heard of some people actually being shut down because maybe an email list went astray or they had too many bounces. Or is, is that urban legend or does that happen? Uh, I think there's the possibility for it to happen, but it's, you know, it's very rare. I think that you'll run into those instances if you're doing bad email practices, For example, if you're finding a bunch of email addresses from a networking event that you went to and you're uploading them into your system when you didn't actually have permission, that's an email no-no. And so I would say that, you know, these, these email management systems have to protect themselves so that their, their clients are not doing bad things. And if you are doing something wrong or illegal, then yeah, they'll shut you down for it. So when you, uh, if someone is signed a piece of paper saying, yes, add me to your email list, that's kind of a permission, but of course they don't know that. So what do you do? I mean, to me, all the opt-ins, I go cuckoo with all the opt-ins that I have to do. Well, yes. And, you know, typically if you just have that piece of paper, if you have that record, you can tell 
it's eye contact or whomever, I do have permission. They're just looking for a little proof. If you can send them a little proof that you have permission, if this even comes up, which it almost never does, I would say best not to lose sleep over it or get worried about this and just, you know, have your little opt-in box on your website and ask somebody like me. You're welcome to find me on Facebook if you have a question about it. Um, and then I can help steer you in the right direction. But it's really not anything I would have your, your readers worried about, Judith. Okay, so then let's. I'm going to switch gears away from email and go back to what I opened on this segment. So what's the number one social media platform an author should use? Well, it depends. No, yeah, I'm just I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> I would definitely confidently say the number one platform is Facebook. You probably guessed it. It's the number one social network in the world. That is the one to spend your time on for sure, bar none, if you had to pick one. All right. And even for people who are strictly business? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody. I have all different types of clients, and they, I always suggest Facebook. That's where you have the most readers. That's your biggest audience. That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and backup? Is there a backup? Backup? It, that really does depend. It's either going to be LinkedIn or Twitter, depending on your business. I would say for an author, it's probably going to be Twitter. For a business professional entrepreneur, it's going to be LinkedIn, and also mm-hmm. good for speakers, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And and we've had actually done segments on how why on on LinkedIn in particular for an author it is savvy to create uh, your own group, so oh, you can yeah. start doing followers. And actually, I see um, I, when I look at the LinkedIn group for author you, there's a lot more interaction than I ever saw on Facebook, which is interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, people get so confused about which one to be on. And and within LinkedIn, you can have, you know, groups or a company page or whatever. And how do I know which what, what to do? And it does get confusing. But what I say is spend time on Facebook, get comfortable with it. Once you're comfortable, switch gears to another social network and now learn that one and get comfortable. So now you're managing two. For me and my business, it's gotten to the place where I can actually manage five networks very easily. Um, But I didn't start out that way. So you just have to start with one and gradually expand to the others and learn, you know, add a group or add a page as you get more comfortable with it. I have a question on that. And I mean, I'm on multiple groups too. How many people cross over from one to the other? Or does, do do followers, if they're Facebook followers, are they just going to kind of hang with Facebook and your Twitter people are going to hang with Twitter, um, et cetera? Or or do they, is, is there... There is. They don't cross Pretty much. For example, you know, my my Google Plus following right now, mm-hmm. I would say most of my Google Plus following is only on Google Plus. They don't like Facebook. And that is precisely why you want to be on all of these different touch points, like I talked about earlier, because people are hanging out in different places. It's just like people go to different restaurants. Mm-hmm. Or, or, di- or different stores that we all yeah. have different things that we look for. All right. So as as we look at those, it, it face, if Facebook's not your thing, find out why. <laughs> it's always a good idea. <laughs> and and then how you said that now you can easily manage five different uh, touch points on your social media. And it's what do you use to do that? 
Amber. I mean, how do you handle all of that? What's your favorite tool? This may surprise you. My favorite tool is my iPhone. <laughs> your iPhone. Uh, I, I, it's my iPhone. You know, I, I spend time in the morning and in the evening on my iPhone tapping between my different apps. I will comment really quick on people's postings, like something, share something, post a few things on my own network. It takes me all of maybe 10, 15 minutes to cover all of them. And so I use my iPhone. Now, because Facebook is number one, I will pop up on my Facebook page on my computer a couple times a day. And for Twitter, sometimes what I will do is schedule posts to drop in the future using the tool Hootsuite that I know you you actively promote, Judith. Yeah. But honestly, a lot of my social media is on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 I do my posting on Facebook um, via Hootsuite too, but you can't see the, the stream going on the way you can with Twitter. Right. On, right. Which is which is a negative um, on that. Mm-hmm. So, and you, yeah. know, you have... Sorry, I would like to add to that that when you're on Hootsuite and and posting to Facebook, I think it kind of loses a bit of um, engagement because on Facebook it shows that you were posting from Hootsuite. So almost it feels like there's a disconnect there. I think you'll get better results if you're on Facebook when you make the post or do it from a mobile phone. But using a third party can sometimes lose engagement. And, And why doesn't it, so it doesn't say posted from your iPhone? On Facebook, the way it would say it from posted from posted from mobile. It says hmm. posted from mobile. But see, and, and that's a little bit different because in the case of Hootsuite, what people do is they'll make an update and it will automatically publish to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. And so that's where you lose the personalization. You would have to combat that by having a really good post. Um, so you just want to be a little careful of that. All right. Well, Amber Ludwig, thank you so much for being with us on your guide to book publishing. We're at the, we're, literally, time is out. I'm going to encourage everyone to go to Insightful Development and check out what Amber does. And she is going to, if you're listening to this before January 19th, Amber's going to be in Denver and we will be doing a special one day workshop that's designed to look at the six pillars of how to be so off the chart, rocking successful in 2013. I'm Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.